Shot over five years by first-time filmmaker Al Hicks, Keep On Keeping On depicts the remarkable story of the 93-year-old jazz legend Clark Terry, a living monument to the golden age of era of jazz. Terry was a mentor to Miles Davis and is among the few performers who have ever played in both Count Basie's and Duke Ellington's band. In the 1960s, he broke the color barrier as the first African-American musician at NBC's The Tonight Show. During the course of this wonderful film uh, about the spirit and humanity of Clark Terry, he meets and mentors a very gifted musician by the name of Justin Coughlin, and that's really what this story is about. It's about relationships. It's about uh, uh, an undying optimism and human spirit and the impact and effect it has on this young musician. And we're joined today by the director of Keep On, Keeping On, and that would be Al Hicks. Al, welcome to film school. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you, and thank you for this wonderful film. Uh, just such a beautiful spirit uh, that just em- emotes from uh, from Al, uh, I mean from uh, Clark Terry, that it's just, it really carries the film, and it's just beautiful to watch. Um, tell me a little bit about your this I, how this idea evolved for you and the decision to move forward making a documentary about Clark. Um, yeah, mate. Uh, I, I was originally a student of Clark's. Um, I, I met him on a chance meeting in New York uh, in 2002, uh, and he, he thankfully took me under his wing, and I started studying with him and, and um, became the drummer in one of his bands. And you know, I, I, so I spent all these years with Clark, and there's just I, I knew that this was something so special, and I always kind of wanted to share it with the world. And it wasn't until years later that um, a, a documentary channel in Australia approached me about doing a short piece on myself and Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, but that never uh, came to fruition, but it planted the seed of the idea uh, that somebody should make a film about Clark. Um, so I, just, I spoke to one of my mates who I, I grew up with and we were surfing one day and I was explaining about this idea and he just said, yeah, man, we should just try and do it ourselves. Um, yeah, so oh, we've wow. never made a film before and yeah. um, bought a camera and flights and just started shooting. Uh, Al, I'm just kind of curious because it's a, it, it looks great. It, it, all the, the, the shots, low light and whatever light, it seemed to, it really seemed to, the camera seemed to work well and we are a film school. Tell me what camera you were using. We were using the Canon um, 7D originally, mm-hmm. and we had one camera um, for about a year and a half, and then we were able to save up enough money to get a second camera, and we got a 5D. Okay. It seems to be, uh, among film, indie filmmakers, uh, a very popular choice. So, All right, so um, getting out of the technical aspect of your film, as a film first-time filmmaker, um, obviously knowing Clark, uh, was certainly, I, I imagine, uh, an entree into into approaching him about uh, the film. What was his reception when you broached the idea with him about doing a film on his life? Well, we we've been friends for nearly eight years at that point, and so um, when when I did ask him, he was super su- supportive. To my surprise, you know, um, and, and I, that's the risky, you know, having somebody make a film about you has met with has absolutely nothing to do with the film world at that point. Uh, that, that's a risky thing. So, But that's Clark, really. He's he's so into believing in his students. And um, and I, something I learned as we were going through the process of making the film is how much he actually does believe in his students and, and gives them the benefit of the doubt and is always so encouraging. So 
he was he was super encouraging with me, and and it was his lessons that helped me get through making the film. Um, you know, because I didn't study film, but I, I did study music, mm-hmm. and um, that's all I kind of had to draw from at the beginning. I was, and Clark's voice would always be in my head of like, keep going, keep it simple, like repeat it, repeat, you know, keep practicing, like. Once I got to the editing room, it was such a gift to have that advice of, of repetition and don't don't get dark on yourself, but just try it again. We can make it better. We can make it better. And, um, mm. you know, so that, that that sort of thing crossed over a lot. Well, um, that is that is the mantra of Clark uh, Terry is that, uh, and his wonderful wife, by the way, I, I, I want to, we'll talk about the both of them together, but Gwen is just a remarkable person as well. But this belief in yourself, believe in yourself, you're the person who can make it happen. And um, let, let, let me, let me just sort of frame for our audience. Uh, and so, so we all have an understanding of just what a, what a place in, in music history and specifically jazz history, Clark Terry has. Talk to us a little bit about his career. Yeah, well, he was born in St. Louis in 1920, um, which is kind of into, into the golden era. And Clark went through almost every era of jazz history. Um, if you look at it, look at the jazz tree, he's right at the base. Yeah. Um, and so he moved through the swing era, the bop, hard bop, uh, all all the way through. And um, but he is the, one of the considered one of the greatest trumpet players and flugelhorners of of this century. And um, and he also another thing that he did was was. Uh, almost reinvent the flugelhorn. Mm-hmm. And he, he was also, whilst being a great player, he was always nurturing a kid. And that started with Quincy Jones in um, the mid-40s. And also with Miles Davis as well. He took Miles under his wing and then and, and Clifford Brown and um, Art Farmer and all, all these musicians that credit Clark as a, a big influence. Um, but then he went on to play in the Duke Ellington band for a decade, and before that with the Count Basie band, and um, and also uh, on the NBC Tonight Show for almost a decade. And there, are, fortunately, there are there are clips in the film, uh, so we get the opportunity to see uh, Clark Terry play the trumpet. And I I don't know how you would describe his style, but I would describe it as pure. He's a pure sound. And I think it, and people in the film talk about, you know, his, his ability to be emotive and to, and to really distill uh, an emotion into that sound. And I completely agree. I, I am somewhat, from, I'm a jazz, you know, fan. I mean, I like a lot of jazz, but uh, I didn't realize his place, place in, in the history of jazz and, and music in general. And it's just amazing. It's an amazing, that in and of itself is an amazing story. What he, what his place in jazz was, but then when you put to, that together with his, his philosophy, his 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 interactions with people, his relationships, mentoring, as you said, um, Quincy Jones and Miles Davis and so many others, and then on top of that, you see him today or more recently with Justin Coughlin. Uh, it, it's a, it's just such a beautiful story. It's such a beautiful human being. Um, tell us a little bit about the evolution uh, and and your decision. To 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 make this a a single you know a very important part of the film was his mentoring of Justin Coughlin. Well, when when I started the first year of shooting with me and 
had um, a cinematographer. We, we it was just us navigating and learning how to make a documentary, and we were doing interviews with all kinds of people, and they would consistently say he's one of the greatest trumpet players and flute hornists of all time, but also one of the greatest teachers of all time. Yeah. And I had all the archival clips of him playing, but there was really nothing to back up this thing of Clark as the mentor. Um, and us shooting down there uh, at Clark's place all the time, I was a- able to... Um, Justin would always be down there studying with Clark. And uh, I just asked him one day if he, he'd be interested in... in shooting with us and and thankfully he said yes and uh, once he said yes the story just really started to unfold between him and Clark and yeah man it was uh, what is a natural evolution for us and and it gave us a whole other side to this film that we were working on because the whole film idea evolved as we were going that that, you know what I have to say that sounds very jazz like doesn't it the idea you you you're 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 prepared. You know what you're doing, but all of a sudden, this other element it comes into it, and you have to react. And 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 that's I think, I don't know if that's how if, if you see it that way, but as a musician, the ability to adapt to new circumstances and to obviously to a, to uh, a new character in your in this film is that is that part of the sensibility for you? Oh, absolutely. Well, I, that, that's like I was saying before. I, I didn't have any anything to draw from in the film world, but I'd been studying improvisation by studying jazz for, for years and it's so risky when you're playing jazz, you know, it's, it's you're constantly taking risks all, all across the board and, and having to, you know, improvise all the time, but within a framework. So um, I, I kind of use that concept as to, ha- as to how to uh, go about handling the challenges that get thrown at you with, with a making a documentary by itself so um you know so i wasn't i wasn't scared going into these whenever we'd be just going blindly going into the next phase um you know i i'd I'd been dealt with stage fright with playing music and clark had really helped me through that sort of period and that helped me handle the pressure of making a documentary when you're not sure what's going to come around the corner yeah yeah, and and that's a part of that's a, a, an element in this story. Justin Coughlin is a, a very very gifted uh, pianist, and um, and Clark is his teacher, mentor, life coach. You know, a lot of things uh, to him, and and stage fright has certainly uh, you know impacted his his ability to impress judges at contests and things like that on his own. He's fantastic, but given that level. Of scrutiny seem to um, seem to have a hard time uh, in incorporating that into into his performance, and um, it's just wonderful to watch a young man mature in before your eyes in this film as well as beginning to see his own talent and beginning to really trust himself. In it. That yeah, and that's been that's been great for me too. From just watching him in not only in the film but in real life, he become a man. You know, like yeah. he really took this whole thing on head first. And, um, the funny thing about Justin is that he's completely blind and um, from the age of 11, but he never complains about being blind. There's nothing... I, I've never heard him say a word about 
being blind, but he's always worried about his sound, <laughs> you know? So it, it says a lot about him as a person is that he's, he's on this journey, um, yeah. and I'm, I'm glad we caught a little bit of, of that. And he's been playing after a lot of screen. He's going to be playing after some screenings. Well, I, I, I thank you for reminding, me. and thank you for bringing. I, you know, sort of, he, he's such a, a um, the as far as as far as the film is concerned, Justin. You for I, I really temporarily forgot that he was blind because it doesn't inhibit him and in his ability to do what he needs to do and wants to do in his life. Thank you for reminding me of that fact. But he that that doesn't that isn't something that he leans on. It's something that he's obviously. Uh, made uh, an you know uh, all the the right adjustments in his own life to do this, but you bring up that in fact you're in town here in Los Angeles, and you'll be at the Landmark uh, Theater, and that's at West Pico in Westwood on, on at Westwood Boulevard, wonderful theater uh, tonight, and and Justin will be there t- as for an in person performance. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Um, so tonight at, at the uh at the Landmark at 7 p.m., we'll be doing a performance. Fantastic. And also at the Arclight at 9.15 p.m., he's going to be doing a performance after that show, too. So oh, so you're, okay, you're going back and forth. So you're going to the heat Landmark and the Arclight tonight. Yep, yep. And um, same goes with Saturday. We'll, there'll, be, um, there'll be a 7 p.m. Arclight and, um, concert and performance. And um, also... During the day at the landmark, uh, the two o'clock, four thirty, and also nine thirty p.m. So we're we're um, we're running around town, but we're we're just so so stoked that you know we get Justin's going to be playing oh, a fantastic. little gig after okay. every screening fantastic. Um, this weekend. So uh, well, that that's great. You can go you can go to uh, the uh, the keep on keeping on dot com to find out. Information about the screenings. You can also go to filmschoolradio.com for people who, who, who go there on a, I hope, regular basis. Go to filmschoolradio.com. But you can go to keeponkeepingon.com and find out information about that. That's fantastic that uh, yeah. you're going to be at both theaters. I saw that, you, that there was opening of two theaters. I did, just did not realize uh, that it was going to be, you're going to be at both. Wow, that's fantastic. And that's Justin said, yeah, let's do it, man. He, he just, it's so rewarding for me being the director watching your subject come up and do a performance after this beautiful uh part of his life got shared with everybody so and justin's just the kind of guy that's like yeah let's let's share let's go for it that's that's fantastic and i'm sure that even since the film's completion uh he has become even uh, more accomplished and more dedicated to his craft i can't imagine how good he is now Having seen how good he he's been in your film, keep on keeping on. Yeah, mate, it's unbelievable his development. Well, and he and the mentorship also of Quincy Jones. We just we haven't even talked about Quincy. We're 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 just really run out of time here. But Quincy Jones is an amazing presence in this film and this relationship he has with Clark Terry. Uh, it, it's a wonderful film. It really is. It's an award-winning film, best new documentary, award, audience award, I believe, at Tribeca. Best of Best at AFI, Best Documentary. Where is that? I can't see. A number of different places, um, and I can't quite make. In Seattle, International Film Festival. So congratulations, uh, Al Hicks, on this wonderful uh, documentary, and I look forward to seeing you either at the Arclight or at the Landmark. One of those two people run out and see this um, and and see a, a 
very, very gifted musician, uh, Justin Coughlin, also tonight and tomorrow night. And did you say Sunday as well, Al? Yes, Sunday as well. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, thank you for the gift of Keep On Keeping On, and, and all my best to uh, the Clark family and to everyone involved in this film. It's just a, it's, it's wonderful to see these kinds of stories and to see them done and told so well. Thank you. No worries. I'll pass it on. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Take care. Cheers. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.